14a1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We left off with a question. The Gemara was beginning a new topic, the interesting topic of the prohibition of Losis Godadu, that we're not supposed to make agudos agudos, different groups following different halachic positions. And we're going to continue that discussion. But where we left off was with was a question from our Mishnah. Without getting to the entire case of our Mishnah, the Mishnah the Mishnah discussed a machlokes, a dispute between Beishamai and Beishelel, where Beishamai said that in a certain scenario there is a mitzvah of yibum, and so when the brother and the sister-in-law they do uh, yibum, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law they do yibum, so then they're fulfilling a mitzvah of yibum. According to Beishelel, it's not a situation of a mitzvah of yibum because it's not a situation of a mitzvah of yibum. So then there's a brother-in-law and sister-in-law getting married. That is a very severe negative prohibition, and then the, then the child is a mamzer, so it has really drastic positions, very different opposing uh, polar positions uh, as to whether or not that scenario requires yibum, or if it doesn't require yibum, which is the position of Basilel, So then it is a severe prohibition, and the child is a mamzer. And the Gemara asked, "Isn't this a case of lotus go to do? Isn't this a case where?" Uh, Beishamai follows his position, Beishelo follows his position, and we have different groups. The followers of Beishamai follow Beishamai's position, the followers of Beishelo follow Beishelo's position. So how could that be? There's a negative commandment in the Torah saying that when it comes to halacha, we have to have one position. And again, we mentioned this in last week's recording, the reason for this is a machlokas, interestingly enough, it's a dispute, <laughs> as to the reasoning as to why you're not allowed to have disputes. And Rashi is of the opinion that because it looks like these are two different religions, when we have different people, different groups following different positions, different halakhic positions, it looks like two different religions. And the Rambam, Maimonides, he's of the opinion that it's going to increase machlokas, increase disputes, and that they're going to say that my position's right and you're wrong, and it's going to increase fighting and disputes. But the Gemara was left off with that question, and through the discussion, we're going to come to a few interesting comments about halachic psak, about how to come to a halachic psak, how to come to a halachic conclusion. As we've seen throughout uh, the Gemara, as we're going through these Gemaras, there are many disputes. And so how do you come to a final conclusion? So our Gemara is going to discuss some of the principles, some of the rules. And it, there are many more rules that are found in other Gemaras as well, but we will come to some of the rules as to how to come to a halachic psak. So again, the question was, it seems to be that Bishamai and Bishilel, they their argument continues, and that the followers of Bishamai continue to follow the position of Bishamai, the followers of Bishilel continue to follow the position of Bishilel. So the Gemara now is going to say that that is actually not so simple to read in the Mishnah. There's actually a dispute, there's a machlokas, as to whether or not Bishamai then in the end agrees to Bishilel, or they actually maintain their own position and therefore, there is this dispute. That is, this is actually not so simple. So the Gemara says, "Misavres basu beishamai kedivrayim, lasu beishamai kedivrayim." The Gemara first says, "Rish Lakish explains that uh, you know what? No, beishamai really, in the end of the day, follows the ruling of Beisilo. He first argued, but then, in terms of practically what to do, everyone agrees to Beisilo. That's what Rish Lakish says. Rabbi Yochanan responds back and says, "Rabbi Yochanan Amar asu basu no." Rabbi Yochanan holds the beishamai. Follow the position. It wasn't just uh, a dispute uh, conceptually. 
uh, or in thought, but it was really practically, practically Beishamai maintained their own position. And the Gemara notes, who plucked at the Rav Ushmuel, this is actually, this machlokas, this dispute between Rish Lachish and Rav Yochanan, as to whether or not Beishamai maintained their position or not, or whether they just agreed to Beis Hillel in the end of the day, is really a dispute between Rav and Shmuel. The Rav Amar Lohas of Beishamai Kedivrem, Shmuel Amar Asif Asif, Rav says, he's of the opinion that uh, Beishamai uh, follows Beis Hillel, and Shmuel says no, that they acted in accordance with their own opinion, that Beishamai really maintained their position, and then we do have this dispute, which we're then going to have to come on to, ultimately the Gemara is going to have to ask, that if you take the position that Beishamai maintained their position, their opinion, and practically, then how do you explain this if there's a concept of losis kodidu, that you're not allowed to have disputes? On a practical level, you can't have disputes. Maybe on within the whole process of figuring things out, you could have disputes. But on a practical level, everyone has to follow the same thing. If you're of the position that Beishamai really maintained their position, and Beishamai followed their own ruling, and Beishamai followed their own ruling, so then you're going to have to answer the question, why isn't this a violation of Lotus Kodudu? Which the Gemara will ask in a few minutes. But before the Gemara gets there, the Gemara goes on to a, a, a short tangent, in which the Gemara says, you know what, whether or not Beishamai maintains their position is really not so simple. Because there's another Gemara elsewhere. The Gemara elsewhere says that there was a baskol. There was a heavenly voice which came out and said that we follow the position of Beis Hillel. The heavenly voice said that when it comes to a dispute between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, we always follow the position of Beis Hillel. Why? Just parenthetically, it's not mentioned in our Gemara, but the other Gemara explains. Why do we follow the position of Beis Hillel? It's interesting. It's because Beis Hillel had anava. He, he was, a, they had humility, and they would always, whenever there was a dispute, they would always first quote the position of Beishamai, who argued with them, and then they would present their own position. And it's be, specifically because of Beis Hillel's humility. They're anava, that's why we follow their position. And our Gemara, in fact, is going to say, in a few lines, that Beishamai was even sharper. Beishamai, the house of Shammai was sharper than Beis Hillel. But we still, the heavenly voice said that we still don't follow the position of Beishamai in that scenario of the dispute between Beishamai and Beis Hillel because Beis Hillel had more anivus. He had more humility than Beishamai. Very fascinating Gemara. But the Gemara now says, well, if there was this heavenly voice, so then how could we ever say that Beishamai maintained their own position? The heavenly voice said that we have to follow the opinion of Beis Hillel. So how could Beishamai argue and say that, no, I'm not going to listen to this heavenly voice? So when exactly did Beishamai maintain their own position? Was it before this baskel, before this heavenly voice declared that the halacha follows Beishelel, or is it after? Which is the, what the Gemara is asking now. Amos, when was this? baskel. If it's before the heavenly voice declared that the halacha is like Beishelel, my time demand If it's before, so then why would Beishamai? then follow, according to the position that says Beishamai follows Beishelel, why would Beishamai follow Beishelel if it was before the heavenly voice? But if it's, and if it's after the Baskel, if it's after this heavenly voice, so then why would Beishamai act in accordance with their own opinion and not agree to Beishelel if it's after the heavenly voice? So the Gemara is going to answer for both possibilities. Whether it hap- whether this statement, this dispute, as to whether or not Beishamai maintains their own position practically or not, that could have occurred, that dispute could have occurred before the heavenly voice, or it could have occurred after. It could have occurred before the heavenly voice, it could have occurred after the heavenly voice. As the Gemara explains. Let's say it happened, let's say the dispute happens before 
uh, the heavenly voice. Ukago in the base hillel ruba liman da amar lo asu the ha base hillel ruba uman da amar asu kazin baza ruba hechad dichiadadin inhu hacha be shamai mechad deitzfei. Let's say it's before the heavenly voice. If it's before the heavenly voice, so the reason to say again we have this dispute: did be shamai agree to base or not? The reason to say why Beishamai agrees to Beishelo is because Beishelo was really the majority. It was really the majority. The reason to say why Beishamai does not agree to Beishelo is because even though Beishelo is the majority, we don't follow the majority in a case where the other position is sharper. Where the other position is, is, is sharper, is more intelligent, is of a, a greater, of a higher level. In such a scenario, we don't follow the majority, which is a really a very interesting idea. We have now a two ways of going about it. The dispute really depends upon when you have a scenario, when you have a situation where there's the majority, but then the minority position is really a is is a sharper position. It's of it's a it's it's being represented by people who are in a higher level of Torah study of of learning. They're sharper. So then who do you follow? Do you follow the majority or do you follow that uh, sharp, the sharper position? And in fact, this, this second position that says that we follow the one who is sharper, even if he's in the minority, that is quoted by the Sefer HaChinuch. It's quoted by some of the commentary. And that we would follow the sharper position, even going against the majority, which is really a very interesting idea when it comes to Psak, when it comes to Paskening, to coming to a conclusion in Halacha. But again, that's all before the heavenly voice. That's what the Gemara says before the heavenly voice. Now let's get to after. Or you could say this whole dispute, again, this dispute, does Beishamai maintain their position practically, or do they agree to Beishelo, could occur even after the Baskel, even after the heavenly voice, which is, how could that be? There was a heavenly voice. So the Gemara explains. Man amar lo asu baskol. So this is a dispute with regards to the baskel. How much do we care in terms of halacha about the heavenly voice? The position that says that Beishamai followed the position of Beis Hillel after the heavenly voice is because we follow the heavenly voice. We should follow the heavenly voice. But the position that says that Beishamai maintain their own position is following Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says, he says elsewhere that we do not listen to heavenly voice. And that idea of Rabbi Yeshua is that when it comes to halacha, halacha was given to people. We decide through analysis, through the proper analysis of the Torah, with the oral Torah, and all the tools that is necessary to come to a conclusion, it's up to us. God gave us the Torah to decide what the halacha is. Even if there's a heavenly voice that tells us that the halacha is like one position, we don't follow that position because it's not up to the heavenly voice. Once Hashem, once God gave us the Torah, also a very interesting idea, it's up to us. We have to, with the tools that we're given of through the oral Torah to figure out what the halacha is, we then have to decide it and we could ignore the heavenly voice. And that's the position that says that Beishamai maintain their own position. They follow practically. Beishamai continue to follow their position even though there's a heavenly voice. The other position says that no. Once there's a heavenly voice, so then we have to follow that heavenly voice. Now, that first position that says that Bishamah really agrees to be Hillel because of the heavenly voice is really not so simple. 
because there's there are other Gemaras which say that we don't follow the heavenly voice. So the question, if you maintain, if you're of the position that says that Beishamai listened to the heavenly voice, the question is why? Elsewhere we see that uh, we do not listen to the heavenly voice because the Torah was given to people to decide. And we wouldn't listen to the heavenly voice. So why would this case be any different? Which is a big question that the commentators ask, and I'll just give a few answers. In the other Gemaras, it was a case where they demanded the, the, their position, they demanded a heavenly voice to say, who do we follow? So in such a scenario where you demand the heavenly voice to come out and say who we follow, then we won't follow the heavenly voice, the Baskal. But if the heavenly voice declares who the Halacha is like, uh, without the request, without the demand for a heavenly voice to tell us who the Halacha is like, so then we would follow the heavenly voice. That's one explanation. And another explanation is that we follow the heavenly voice if the heavenly voice is is supporting the majority. When the heavenly voice supports the majority, so then we'll follow the majority, which is what Basilel is. We mentioned before that Basilel is the majority, so therefore we follow the majority. But again, if you are the, if if the whole machlokas, the whole dispute as to whether or not Beishamai continues to maintain their position practically or not is after the heavenly voice, so then that depends upon whether or not we follow the heavenly voice in this scenario. If we follow the heavenly voice, so then it makes sense that Beishamai uh, change in practically then follow the position of Beis Hillel, because that's what the heavenly voice said. If you say that we do not follow the heavenly voice, then that's why Beis Shammai maintained their own position. Either way, that was all a tangent with regards to understanding this dispute between how to understand Beis Shammai's position. But the, but the main question here, which the Gemara is about to deal with, is that if you hold that Beis Shammai maintained their position practically and argues with the Beis Hillel practically in terms of what they actually did, so then, isn't that a problem of losis kodidu? That should be a problem. Umanda amar asu karinan kan losis kodidu losasa gudus agudus. This should be a problem of losis kodidu. What we mentioned before that you're not allowed to have different groups following different positions. So how could it be that the followers of Beishamai follow the position of Beishamai, the followers of Beisilo follow the position of Beisilo? How could that be? You can't have uh, different groups. So the Gemara's answer is really very important in terms of uh, knowing the the limitations and the guidelines of this of this negative commandment. And we're going to have two different positions here. Amr Abaye, Abaye says, Abaye says that this negative commandment only applies if you have two courts in one town. In one city, you cannot have two different uh, courts uh, having two different rulings. If it's in, but if it's in two different cities, once we say that we're discussing two different cities, so then there's no problem. There's absolutely no problem. Two different cities, so they're already too far away from each other, uh, then it's not a problem. The whole problem is just if they are all in uh, in one city. Even two different courts in one city would be a problem, but if it's two different cities, then it is not a problem. right? Either it's not going to lead to dispute, it's not going to lead to so much machloka, so much arguments, because they're in two different cities, they're so far from each other, or within the position that says it looks like two different religions, so then it's a little more complicated. But I guess the idea is that once it's in two different cities, so it doesn't look like people aren't traveling from one to the other, so therefore the 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 uh, the picture is not really such a bad picture because people don't travel as much, I guess, from one city to the other. But it's really it's a stronger question within that position that says the reason behind the negative commandment is because it looks like two different religions. But that's the position of Abaye. Abaye says that this idea only applies within one city, even within two different courts within one city. 
Amalei Rava, Rava challenges Abaye, and he says, What are you talking about? Beisham is all in one city. If it's all in one city, according to you, Abaye, it should be a problem of what is going to do. It should be a problem of having different groups. Uh, within one city, some groups are following Beisham, other groups are following Beisham. So Rava now even limits it even further. Elama Rava, Rava says, Kamrina Los is good to do, Kagon, Bazdin Beir, Achas, Peleg Morin Kadiri Beshame, Peleg Morin Kadiri Besillo. Avashtebati didn't be Achas, Leslamba. Rava says that even within one city, if you have two different courts, you're allowed to have two different courts. That's fine, you can have different, two, two different courts within one city. The whole problem is with if there's only one court within a single court, for them to have different positions within the court, that's a problem. Therefore, it's very, very limited, according to Rava. It's limited to a case where it's within one court to have different positions within one court. That's the case where there is a problem. And so, because we have these limitations, practically, uh, when we discuss Lotus do, and you shouldn't have different groups, so it's usually limited to, let's say, in within one shul um, or within one home. Uh, that's usually where the limitation is uh, when we have that practically, it comes up practically, Sometimes on Cholamoid, when it's Cholamoid, whether or not to put on tefillin on Cholamoid. We don't put on tefillin on Shabbos, we put, do put on tefillin during the week. We don't put it on during the actual holiday. But what about the intermediary days? That's a, that's a machlokas. And, peop, and today, uh, there are different positions within this. And sometimes you have it that within one shul, some people put on tefillin, some people don't. And so some want to say that there's a problem of losis go to do within that. That's one example, that there, this would be a problem of different groups uh, following different positions within one shul, let's say. Uh, others even want to say that today, that's not even a problem, because even within one shul, today it's not like we have one shul which is really consisting of a, of a certain group. We're all a bunch of different groups that we've Im- we've immigrated and we've become, and we've moved. There's a lot of different types of people within one shul. It's not like that one shul represents a certain custom of the place, because everyone has just uh, moved there, um, and therefore there is no concept of Losis go to do really anymore because, at least within the context of a shul, because the shul is not defining the place, but it's really just a collection of different people coming from different places, and so that's what some want to argue. It's a this is all a, a big discussion, and there's a lot more uh, to discuss halachically, uh, with and conceptually within this topic. The Gemara will continue uh, with other questions from other cases in uh, with regards to losis go to do in the next recording.